Hello everyone and welcome to the Leaps and Bounds podcast. I am your host Heath Thorpe and here we discuss all things life, gymnastics, queer and whatever we want. Howdy beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Leaps and Bounds. Thank you so much for tuning in again and thank you so much for the support on the first two episodes. First and foremost, Happy New Year. I am wishing you all the most incredible 2024 and I really just hope it's a year abundant of really great things for you. So we're going to manifest that for you and also myself because guess what? It's an Olympic year which ah, is really wild to think about. Stressful, anxiety inducing but also really exciting. So yeah we're here. Paris 2024 is only I think like I saw 200 days away, which, oh my gosh, time is flying. But yeah, I'm excited to hopefully be competing at the Olympic Games, but if not, watching, because as you guys know, I'm the biggest gym nerd and there's nothing more I love than watching some great high quality gymnastics. But this episode is going to be a little bit of an intro and wrap up of the end of last year, what happened after the first two episodes as well as looking forward to 2024 Paris qualifications. But then also the main topic of this is going to be building social media as a career for an athlete. I'm going to word it better in the title so you'll get what I mean. But essentially, it's probably the most frequent conversation I have with other gymnasts. So I'm like, let's make an episode about it and kind of just have a little educational package for them here. Um, Just so it makes it a bit easier so I don't have to repeat myself every time I talk to each one of you. No, I love doing so, but you know, I think it's a really helpful thing to talk about and be transparent about because it's a very new space, but also a really imperative factor in athletic careers now. So yeah, let's take it back a little bit. You know, we had our episode with Morgan Hurd, which was just so much fun and so wonderful. I loved that and you guys really loved it. The feedback and response was so cool. So thank you for listening to us to ramble. Um, but December was hectic. So it's kind of why I haven't actually posted on here. Um, I did warn you guys it was going to be sporadic, but we're in the new year now and expect fortnightly episodes. This is a solo episode. Next one will be a guest one. And they're probably going to come out on each Wednesday, every second Wednesday. That's the plan. You know, I'll update you guys on the Instagram if something changes. Um, which I'm sure is bound to happen as competition season is approaching. But in mind, keep in mind now that every second Wednesday should be when an episode is released. So yeah, we're here and we're going to do it. But December, oh my gosh. So straight after the episode with Morgan, I had COVID and it knocked me about about probably for a week. Um, And terrifying thing after that was fortunately I'm okay you know I'm vaccinated I've had it before a few times which uh, isn't good but you know thank god for vaccinations um basically what happened was I got COVID and then the week after I had to have a virtual selection activity (laughs) so that was virtual selection for Australian teams um for mostly DTB but also the world cups uh spoiler alert Good news, MATDB DDB, uh, Pro-Cool Cup, which will be held in Stuttgart in March, which I'm really excited for. It will be my first all-around competition internationally in over a year. So that's going to be a really, really good opportunity to show everyone what I've been working on, 
you know, all the good work we've been putting in here over in Belgium. Um, bad news is I didn't get selected for World Cups, but kind of expected. And also at the same time, it wasn't really a focal point for myself. You know, we didn't show a hugely upgraded floor or high bar or anything. One, because of COVID. But two, also our most realistic shot for Paris is going to be the Oceania Championships held in New Zealand in May. So DTB will be a big selection point for the Oceania team, which will be, I believe, a team of four. And they'll be going up against four New Zealanders. And essentially what happens is whoever wins uh, the all-around on the day gets a spot to Paris. So that's going to be quite the competition bit nerve-wracking and a lot of pressure just for one day it's one thing I hate about gymnastics it's just like how you know small the margin of error can be and if it's on the day that counts then bye-bye no Olympics for you you have to wait four years again um but I guess that's why we love the thrill of the sport but yeah there will be four Aussies four New Zealanders unfortunately uh Misha Kudinov is injured who in my opinion was the top contender for New Zealand if not the top contender for the spot in general so I think the door is a little more open now, but there's still some really great gymnasts from both Australia and New Zealand. So whoever makes that team will be competing for the spot and it's kind of going to be anyone's game. So yeah, nerve wracking, but a great opportunity. So hoping I do well at DTB in March and then I'm selected for Oceana in April, May, May. Um, Other than that, I have top 12 in France, specifically actually in Monaco for my first one. In a few weeks, three weeks to be exact, I will be competing for Monaco on high bar and vault, which is really sick. My team is stacked. There's like Vinayev, Nazar, Ferhat Adikin. Uh, you know, there's 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 a list of very high caliber athletes. So I'm keen to be on the team and do my five six high bar, do triple back. Hopefully, if I can get my endurance up. But yeah, and then we also have Australian Championships in May. Uh, early May, two weeks before Oceana. So other than that, it's a pretty straightforward uh, pathway for the next few months. I will continue training here in Belgium. As to another reason why I went home was to get a longer visa, which is all secure. So woo, yay for being here legally. Not that I was never not here legally. <laughs> I was on a tourist visa, but that ran out after 90 days. So I got my long-term one. Um, so that's great. But I also went home just to take a breather, visit family for Christmas. You know, it's been a hectic couple of months, if not year. So it was nice to just like sit down and reflect with the people closest to me, which was really beautiful. But now we're rearing, we're ready to go and super motivated for the year ahead. So that brings us to the main topic of the podcast, social media for athletes. Oh, what a lucrative career. Um, I think everyone, especially in men's gymnastics, is chasing it right now, and rightfully so. There's good money to be made if you can manage to capitalize on it, but it's a little bit like hush-hush about how it's done and what the best way to do it is. Uh, Sorry to break it to you, there's no best way to do it, but what I can offer is my insights into how I've done it. And you can take that with a grain of salt, pinch of salt, whatever the saying is, Um, but I've got some results. It's my full-time job now. And yeah, so I think I have some knowledge to pass on to you all. Let's start with personal branding. So this is kind of something you have to establish before you even start 
posting on social media if you're not already. But you need to understand the attributes and the qualities of your personality and gymnastics that is going to engage audiences. So before you start anything, I want you to sit down and brainstorm. It sounds weird because it kind of sounds like you're trying to sell yourself, um, which you are. Like realistically, you're trying to become what we call marketable. And I don't want you to create a persona. I mean, actually, you know, if you want to go for it. But like for myself, I don't create anything new, but I heighten certain qualities and certain parts of my story that I know people are going to really engage with. You know, I think my gymnastics was already uniquely uh, unique, unique Beyonce reference. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Anyway, it was already unique. So like it got commotion and it got interest from my leaps and my reference to WAG and, you know, all those things. And then of course, also being openly gay in the sport, um, all these factors basically help carry me to a bigger profile. Also pretty privileged, pretty privileged is a real thing. I, <laughs> I know I have that on social media, so that's helpful uh, not to toot my own horn, but it's a factor. Um, but yeah, I knew what people were going to really enjoy. And once I realized that, I started pushing those things out. And that's not that I'm not being authentic, but I'm just being quite smart and tactical with uh, the content I put out to the world. So brainstorm, sit down and understand what is yeah unique to yourself because it's an extremely oversaturated market social media there is so much content at our fingertips now and you have to understand what's going to best stop people in their tracks from scrolling look at your content like your content and follow you uh, not an easy task but just start with some brainstorming you know uh, think of the kind of content you want to do my advice is short short form so reels tiktoks youtube shorts even on uh, X, Twitter, you know, that's a lot of content engagement now. So as a gymnast, that's super easy. Um, You just film yourself in the gym and you make content from it. It doesn't have to take away from your training. You can just set up a tripod and go from there. And then in post-production, you can add more personality and more information to it. So, you know, we'll get more into the content stuff, but personability, let it shine through. And another tip I'll give you with that is you have to put professionalism a little bit to the side. I know that might sound weird as an athlete, but you cannot be scared to show who you are at the cost of, you know, kind of letting down your professionalism as an athlete, because there's no such thing. I think professionalism is bullshit. And I think people aren't going to want to listen to you just talk solely about, hey, I want to go out there and hit my routine and do this. Like, no shade, it's just not interesting to people. What they want to know is the things you're struggling with, like what your goals are, what you're pushing for, you know, why you do it. What is your why and what is your story? Let that come through to the people looking at your content, okay? So be mindful, of course, of who your audiences are. You know, you're going to be a role model to younger generations, so don't be silly with your content. But also put the professionalism to the side a little bit and let yourself be vulnerable online kind of tying in with that and a little bit uh, kind of the opposite. Also be mindful of your privacy and your boundaries online. So these are all things you need to do before you really like invest in your social media. But personally, I have boundaries of my own. There's probably 95% 95 of my life, especially out of the gym, that does not go anywhere near social media. So like, you know, I don't talk about, there's a lot of things I don't talk about. I don't show who I'm dating. I don't 
really talk a lot about my friends just because they're like things to myself that I want to keep to myself. And I knew that was going to be really important as my profile grew that I felt I had that sense of space, which was only accessible to my inner circle. And, you know, it's up to you how much you want to put out there. But I think be mindful of running thin. Don't give your all to the people in the world <laughs> um, because it's not possible when you're going to be at capacity. You're going to have this pressure to record your entire life and put everything out there. Again, things that are going to engage, put it on there, focus on that and repeat that content. You don't need your whole life on there. So yeah, privacy is a big part of it and establish those boundaries before you start. Another thing that people don't really notice and understand is the following does not equal money for sponsors and brands. So this is what we're about to get into is the type of earnings on social media. Um, Basically, there's three different ways that you can earn money. And this episode is not going to focus on uh, ad revenue or creative funds or subscriptions. So you can search them all up because there are other great ways to earn money, but it's not what I have the knowledge in. What I make my money from is what we call brand deals and collaborations. So there's long-term, there's short-term. It really just depends what you're aiming for. Personally, I enjoy long-term partnerships more. It takes the pressure off from being on the hunt. And sure, it's less money per deliverable, like per post. But basically what that allows is for you to have security for a six or 12-month contract and know that you only have to do these posts to get this money. So that's what my main area of income is, is my long-term partnerships. But I also do short-term partnerships here and there. And they're basically the ones where a brand will reach out to me or my manager, which we'll get to management in a minute. Um, But then I work with them. I put up a post, they send me a product, and I make money from that. Um, They've got more money per post. For example, I've gained quite a few followers recently, but when I was on like 50,000 followers on TikTok, uh, I was earning like two to 3,000 USD per post per TikTok with a brand. Um, so that's just an idea of the kind of money you can make from those. Uh, obviously, I have a bit of a profile so I can charge a higher rate, but I also know people that make way more money off uh, single posts that have basically a similar or smaller following than me. The way you can go about approaching brands, uh, there's two ways. So there's sometimes applications or websites Uh, where you sign up and brands will post kind of like a forum they'll be like hey we want this and this and this for this campaign and you apply you apply with rates or they will have set rates and it's like an application process so you know you'll be notified if you uh, get into the campaign or not but the other way and the way I mostly do it is uh, direct so I reach out to a brand via dm and it'll go something like this it'll just be like hey you know how are you Um, I was wondering if there's anyone I could talk to in the partnerships team Uh, My name is Heath and I'm a gymnast from this and blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm really looking for the opportunity to work with you and would love to chat to someone further about this. What will happen then is they will message back, maybe, maybe about like 20% of the time. um, And they're like, hey, this is a partnerships email, reach out to them. So that's the way to go about it. Also, if they want to have a chat about it in the DMs, always ask for it to be sent over as a email because it's important to have a paper trail with these things especially when money is involved so another thing with brand deals as well is i'll quickly touch on it is contra deals so in the industry this is where you're compensated with products for an ad my advice is to athletes do not do it i spoke to some really high profile athletes at 
uh, world championships when I was there covering as a journalist. And I was like shocked to know that a lot of them weren't making money off the ads they were posting. They were just getting products and like, it's no shade to them. It's just, I think a lack of understanding their value on social media and their reputation as an athlete, you should not be doing contra deals. Basically, the brands are exploiting you because it doesn't cost them close to the retail price to manufacture it. And you're giving them reach to hundreds, thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of people for free. Basically. I wouldn't do that. I think if you're going to for the first time, maybe just because it does give you a little bit of leverage to go to the next brand and be like, Hey, I did a collab with this and this is the engagement and the statistics I got. So that's, kind of a benefit of it but only do it once or twice at most and then start charging because it's really not worth it unless it's like a product that's really expensive and you're using it every day or pretty often and frequently don't do it you need to be making money off your posts okay so that's how you go about reaching out to brands and that's kind of like how you go about making money from brands i think it's also really important to get a brand kit that's another tip i have for you all a brand kit is basically a few page document PDF uh, that has a few photos of you, your achievements, a blurb, kind of your vibe. It's also really important to have your analytics updated in there frequently when you're sending them out to brands. Because also, before I keep going, if you are not signed up to a business account in Instagram, you need to do so ASAP because what it allows you to do is access analytics and insights and you can see how many accounts you've reached, how many people have engaged, you know, all that. That is the money. That's like where the money lies is your engagement and a brand knowing how many people you can reach on that post. Okay. So get a brand kit. You can do it on Canva. It's super easy. And you know, there's templates online, but it's really important to have that and access to that information to make the negotiations easier. When it does come to negotiations, always ask for the budget. Okay. And the reason I say that is a brand will often come to you for a budget. So I had it recently. I was talking about a big deal and they were basically like, hey, you know, send through your budget. Um, you know, don't worry about it. And we'll go from there. I sent my budget and they were basically like, hey, this is way too high. Um, we're not going to work with you. We eventually figured it out. Um, and, you know, we met somewhere. But if I had asked for the budget in the first place, I would have understood where they were at and I wouldn't have to have thrown that number out there and possibly scared them away. So always ask for the budget and whatever they give you, go a little bit higher. Um, if it's way too low for you, for you and your rates you've decided you think you deserve, walk away from it. Say, hey, like, you know, thank you so much. Uh, this is below my rates, but thank you for considering and keep in touch. Uh, it's always important to do it amic amicably um, because you want to keep relationships with brands. You never know where they're going to go. You know, always ask for the budget and go a little bit higher because they're probably lowballing you. Um, they're not going to give you their maximum, but that's kind of how you negotiate and that's how you get money off a brand deal. I think the other things to quickly touch on is with content, posting frequently as you can with keeping it high quality. You don't need a really good camera. You don't need all this fancy equipment. Uh, use your iPhone, set up a tripod, as I said, and record your gym videos, then download CapCut and basically put a voiceover, add some personality to it, some information, some insights that the general audience will want to know. Because this is the T, people scrolling on Instagram, unless they're gym nerds, which there aren't many of us, they're not going to know the difference between you doing a triple twist and a three and a half, right? It's all, it's all twisting. It's all cool. 
if you give them that insight, they may be like, hey, I want to learn more about gymnastics and I'm going to follow this person because they just gave me some really cool information I didn't know. Understand that the most of your audience isn't going to be gymnasts or it shouldn't be gymnasts because that's not the general population. You need to expand beyond gymnastics and you need to transcend that demographic. So making information and content accessible to as many people as you can is really important. But diversify it, put it across every social media platform you can. It doesn't matter if you're recycling, you're going to hit different people. But basically put your content on TikTok, put it on Instagram as well, put it on X, put it on YouTube Shorts, do as much as you can. Trial and error is really important. Don't freak out about basically, you know, uh, people judging you because one, if they're judging you, who cares? Like it's a reflection of themselves. But the reality is they're going to see your content and scroll down and five seconds later be consumed by the next person on their feed. So they're not going to think that much about you. So don't worry about embarrassing yourself. If you end up earning cash from them, cash from, you know, engagement and consequently people watching from judging you, then jokes on them, girl, like rake it in. Finally, the other point a lot of people ask me about is a manager and when they're worth it. I only signed to my management about eight months ago. And this was at the point where I think I hit like 100,000 on Instagram. And there were just a lot of media requests coming through. I was doing a lot of talks in person and it was just getting really overwhelming. And I was like, I don't have the time for this. So I engaged with a uh, agency, Born Bread Talent, super great, shout out to them. And basically when I'm in Australia, at least, they reach out for brand deals for little clubs and they get me these things. They send me event invites. The really great thing about agencies is they will have contacts for companies and brands and they will the brands will reach out to that agency and be like, hey, is there anyone on your books that would match this vibe and this campaign? And then they'll send it to you. So it kind of just takes out like the groundwork of searching for those things. But I don't think it's necessary until you are starting to feel like it's a bit too busy for yourself, okay? Um, don't push yourself too much, but when you notice you need a little bit of help, maybe it's a good time to start uh, reaching out to management. Note that they will take a cut. I think the industry standard in Australia is roughly like 20, 25%, but it should only be for the deals that they're involved in. So any previous deals or any deals that you get yourself, they shouldn't have any uh, money come from it. But for example, I don't get them involved with my long-term deals because when you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars over a year or so, then basically you're not wanting them to take a 20% cut because that's a big one. I think it's just kind of like a personal preference, but I think it's also really important to quickly talk about the balance you need to establish as an athlete. I think if you're listening to this and you're trying to pursue this career, it's important to remember that you're an athlete and an athlete first. I know you're probably wanting money because maybe you're not getting funding or you don't want to work as much and that's completely valid, but just take it from my experience. There is a fine balance and it's easy to tip over the edge. So as I said, those boundaries and those privacy is something I learned, which I wish I established earlier. One of my, one of my boundaries also is do not search your name up. I don't know if I already mentioned that in this podcast, but do not search your name up. It will only end in tears and you will just feel horrible about yourself. <laughs> and realistically, you're only going to remember the bad things. So just don't worry about what people are saying about you on the internet. Also, I don't mean that negatively to anyone that listens to me. I love you all. You guys are my biggest supporters, but I'll see like one bad thing or one homophobic comment. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. I want to delete my social media. And that's why I don't search up my name anymore because it's not representative of the people that are engaging with me and following my story and rooting for me. Um, so yeah, don't search up your name, girl. You know, you're all smart people. So I'm sure you'll figure it out. That's kind of like 
my little my little summary of social media as a career for you guys. Um, I know it wasn't that in depth, but I hope it gives you an insight into how I make my money and how you can potentially make your money. I think the cons of this career that I can say off the top of my head is the instability and the added pressures. Uh, the added pressures definitely was one thing I wasn't ready for, and it kind of like ties in with worrying about what people say about you. But like when I got to Worlds in 2022, like going to floor and there was cameras and then that getting posted online because I knew like people knew what my floor was like. These were just like little things and, you know, dealing with media every time you go to competitions and it's just added pressure. Um, and you can use that to your benefit, but it's just about managing that and how that affects you. So the added pressures is one thing, but then like the hustle and the added work, you know, especially if you're studying or you're working on top of this, it can be really demanding. Take care of yourself with it. Um, it can be a lot, you know, sometimes I spend hours and hours making content a day and reaching out and emailing and meetings and all these things. Remember, social media isn't the be all end all, but it is a really great opportunity for you guys. It does provide some autonomy over finances and some ability to basically, you know, work around your athletic career. So if you can get it done, get it done. Just do it your own way. Um, don't give a shit about what people say and have fun with it. That's that's my final advice. Um, I hope, yeah, this has given you some insight. If you guys have any more questions, please feel free to reach out to me and we can go from there. Oh, also one quick thing, traditional media, don't sleep on it. Make sure you're doing your interviews, make sure you're doing your press, make sure you're doing your, you know, print, like your newspapers, your magazines, because they're going to reach different groups of people that wouldn't have access to you on social media. Then they're probably going to follow your social media. You know, that's where I've got some of my biggest following boost is from, funnily enough, like German newspapers. That was just one last thing I just realized I didn't talk about. Practice your public speaking skills. I know that can be stressful. That kind of goes back to the whole professionalism thing. Just be yourself. And yeah, okay, I'm going to stop now because or else I'm going to ramble. Next episode will include a guest. I won't spoil who it is yet, but it will be a lot of fun. And we're going to have a very good chat. Thanks again for tuning in. Love you guys very much. And I look forward to this year ahead. It's going to be a big one, but a fun one. Take care. Enjoy your day and keep being amazing. All right. Bye.